First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We are coming at you live from Dove Valley as the Broncos prepare for a week three road trip to the frozen tundra. Not so frozen in September, unfortunately. I really wish this well, was the, a winter the, game. Why well, the field's heated? I know. Chris I, Berman. I, I, yeah. But still, I sort of wish that this game was played in the snow. And I know that Broncos fans get a watch at home and their HD TVs, so hopefully they agree with me. I just think that great weather games provide a, an extra layer of, of fun when, when you're covering the NFL. Well, normally I would agree with that. Uh, when I looked at the schedule, I was like, okay, the process of getting there. So uh, I'm coming from Milwaukee, That's so true. I was good. good but I have covered I have covered a cold-weather Packer game. It was probably one of the coldest ever. It was the Giants-Packers-NFC title game oh, in yeah. January of 08. And when I walked out of the hotel to have lunch because it was a night game, my contacts froze. <laughs> so I wore glasses the rest of the day. Oh, so, that's great. So that was cold. But, I mean, I know it's going to be your first time there. I mean, it is a cathedral. Um, it's a great atmosphere. It's tucked into a neighborhood. They've tried to develop it a little bit with the Hall of Fame and stuff. So uh, it should be fun. Broncos go there once every eight years. So uh, I'm sure for a lot of these guys, it will be their first time playing there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And looking at this Broncos team, Ryan, let's just kind of lay down the gauntlet with some analysis of, of what fans should be paying attention heading into this one. And we'll start on defense. Uh, Vic Fangio comes here with this reputation of a guy who's the, the mastermind, right? He is the outside linebacker whisperer. He has sent all these guys to Pro Bowls. The Broncos' defense has really not been intimidating at all through two games. And the biggest sign, probably no sacks and no takeaways, right? We've kind of written about it ad nauseum, but now that we've had a chance to talk to players and coaches, what do you make of their response to some of the film that that you watched? Well, they say they're not concerned. Well, they should be because you have two of the premier pass rushers in pro football and you're not even getting pressures. And that's my rub is if if I'm the Broncos, okay, the sacks – you know, they're going to come, you would think. But they're not even getting disruptions. And, you know, not, not a lot of pressures, not a lot of hits where the quarterback has to even think about moving his feet, which can break down his mechanics. You know, they're, they're saying, hey, teams are throwing quick. Well, that's partly true. But also they are taking some five-step drops. And when, when the play breaks down and coverage is good, they're still not getting a lot of pressure. So, I mean, Matt LaFleur, the Packers coach yesterday, says, hey, you got to expect they're going to scheme some stuff up for Aaron Rodgers just to create something. I mean, to me, that's lining Miller and Chubb up on the same side of the, of the formation, try and get a matchup they like there. You know, this is Vic is not a blitzing play caller, so that's not going to happen too much, you would think, with five, you know, even like a six- or seven-man package. So um, you know, my last point on the pass rush is they got to get some interior – presence. Uh, Demarcus Walker, maybe he's an option. Draymond Jones, maybe he's an option on base downs. If they can play the run well enough, they can maybe uh, get some pressure up the middle and, and, and feed Rodgers into the into Chubb and Miller coming off the corners. But you know, you talk to Adam Gotsis, you talk to Derek Wolf, um, at, you know, after the game and also on Wednesday, you know, what, what were their thoughts on what's going on here? Yeah, Wolf's still pretty defiant the fact that, hey, when they're throwing that quick, there's just nothing we can do. And like you mentioned, some truth to that, but 
to kind of piggyback on that, there is deterrence to that, right? Obviously, your cornerbacks need to be able to play press coverage and not give up space right away. And you've got to be able to get your arms up into those throwing lanes and disrupt some of that. So the Broncos, are, I think, are making moves to try to scheme some of that a little bit better. But at the end of the day, you know, what Adam Gotza says, it's just about getting home. I mean, they've had their opportunities. You look at that fourth and long play where they were able to get the field goal. Uh, Chicago, Ryan, talking about this last week, uh, Trubisky had plenty of time to move around in the pocket you know if they can close down that time that those guys have to feel comfortable that's going to be the key does that mean moving Chubber Miller around seems like Fangio didn't think that was the answer when he was asked in the presser I thought that was interesting Uh, on third down you can do some things but they're going to know that those guys are on the field and they've been getting chipped maybe 60 70 percent of the time is is that fair Ryan yeah I'm not sure about that percentage but um you know, in Oakland, they got into third and short where they can run and pass. Okay, that impacts your pass rush. It's a little bit better against the Bears. We, where, where Vic said that he wasn't pleased with pass rushes on that last drive, he sent Josie Jewell as a blitzer twice. Uh, Bears picked it up, no problem. But, but Trubisky knew he had time to throw. The guys didn't get there. So uh, – I think he's going to have to come up with something because you know, it'd be one thing if you're two and zero and aren't generating a lot of pressure. You can say, okay, stick with it, see if what we're doing works. I think at zero and two, being an eight and a half point underdog against a quarterback like Rodgers, is you are going to have to maybe mix some things up. And this Packer team, as Matt Lafleur said on Wednesday, they've given up probably too many sacks than they should. So maybe this is a breakout opportunity. But you know, your point on the coverage is is, is well said. Isaac Yadam was playing too soft. Yeah. Um, you know, afraid to get beat deep. You know, you have to be able to challenge these guys and play coverage a little tighter. If Bryce Callahan plays, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, he's his legend is growing in his absence, but um, you know, I think it impacts how they want to play. Um, I I had heard that going into Week One, if he was playing, they're going to play a lot more dime and use Draymond Jones on the field as a, a defensive lineman. So if, if Callahan is active on Sunday and he was limited in practice on Wednesday, uh, maybe maybe Vic can call some different things. Is it time to see Devontae Bosby in, in some role? He had some moments in preseason. I know it's preseason, but it seems like at this point, I don't know that Yadam's done enough to guarantee his spot up Yeah, there. I mean, I would have put Bosby in at halftime of the Oakland game just to try something different yeah. and also to save what kind of confidence Yadam had left. You know, Isaac was, wasn't challenged that much because the Bears just dinked and dunked their way down the field. He did miss that key tackle on a third down on a tight end. Got to make that tackle. I mean, force the guy. You know, he had the wrong position. He should have played inside leverage, at least push the guy out of bounds. Didn't do anything, and that led to a field goal. So um, I, I understand why they want to stick with a guy like that. But, I mean, if, if, if Yadam struggles early, uh, then I would give Bosby a shot. And I would put Chris Harris on Devontae Adams – travel him that's what you did with Allen Robinson last week and you really that's probably the best best option well unfortunately for Broncos fans the prognosis on offense not much better it seems like this is again a team that's able to get the ball downfield with some chunk yardage plays but sputter when it matters most in the the middle of the field getting towards the red zone Joe Flacco throws his first red zone interception on just a very poorly thrown ball. This is going to be the topic of your Sunday story, Ryan, where you really break down what's going on with this offense. But from the guys you've talked to in the film you watched, is this something that's fixable? Is is maybe this a breakout game for, for the Broncos, even against a Packers defense that's looked pretty good in the first couple games? Yeah, I think they're capable of breaking out because I do agree with what they're saying is they can't get out of their own way. Uh, 
you know, they take a sack. And, and, and what's upsetting to Fangio is that, you know, once they cross midfield, they get bogged down before they even have a chance to move in the field goal range. And, you know, they'll have a, you know, they'll convert a third in medium to get a new set of downs. Then they'll lose a yard on a run. They'll have a penalty that moves you back to first and 20. That's offense, nor are a lot of offenses equipped to convert first and 20. So uh, penalties are an issue. The run game is an issue. Phil Lindsay averaging three yards a carry, something like that. He hasn't broken out yet. So, uh, you know, if, if the Broncos' offense is going to look at things, the glass is half full, well, that's fine now. But at some point, you got to say, okay, the other half of the glass is empty. you got to fix that stuff. And we'd be remiss not to mention maybe the most glaring issue on offense, or at least the most talked about one on Twitter, the the Broncos country's favorite punching bag, uh, left tackle Garrett Bowles. Four holding calls in this past game, two of them declined. Uh, but still, it seems like a regression or at least a continuation of poor play from a player the Broncos just simply need to be better. I, I know you're going to get a chance to talk to Mike Munchak, Ryan, but do you think what's happening is fixable? Do the Broncos have to continue? consider outside options at some point? Um, not outside options. I just wait for Juwan James to get healthy and move Eli Wilkinson over there. Um, I thought Elijah did a nice job at right tackle against the Bears. Um, the problem with Bowles is the first penalty particular, which wiped out a 20-yard run by Lindsey, he didn't even need to lay his hands on the guy. He should have just gotten in the way. That shows a lack of technique, lack of football awareness, and – Right now, they're stuck with them. Um, yeah, to me, and I've already made my decision. I would not pick up that fifth-year option. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, but uh, you know, it is something worth monitoring because if I'm a defense, I'm saying I'm going to put my best guy on him and keep wearing him out until he proves that he can block him. So because the penalties are going to continue. And if if I'm this coaching staff and I heard some of his comments after the the loss in week two, I'd be a little concerned because it seems like he's maybe still a little out of touch with what's being expected of him. Is, well, is that fair is to a, say? It's a nice way for you to say it. he's making excuses. Yes, exactly. Which, which are like dirty laundry. They both stink. <laughs> um, I mean, we talked about it on the podcast after the game. You know, the referees probably see 72 say, okay, if it looks like a hold, that's him. It's probably a hold. That's human nature. But you can't point that out as the player. You just got to say, hey, what I, what happened was unacceptable. But he's not the only one. Ron Leary needs a player. He's got four penalties in two games. Um, you know, Dalt Reisner had some tough sledding against the Bears. So up front, I think they uh, need to, you know, clean up their game a little bit. For sure. A lot of bits. Definitely. And as we wrap things up, Ryan, as we typically do on this podcast, uh, let's give the people what they want. Let's give them some predictions. We have not shared these before the cast uh, with what we'll have in the newspaper. Oh, so take a guess who I'm picking. Yeah, yeah it's not too difficult to guess. But, we'll, Ryan, we'll start with you. Just sort of give us a, a prediction of what you expect things to unfold uh, on Sunday at Lambeau. Well, a couple things. Okay, how would the Broncos win? I think you got to be plus two in takeaways, and you got to be, you know, perfect in the red zone. Even if even it's three or four, four or five, something like that. Second point is Vic Fangio showed his aggressiveness by going for two against Chicago and almost panned out. I think he's going into Lambeau saying, "Hey, I got to do something to steal the possession, be it a fake punt, fake field goal, flea flicker, you know, that kind of thing to create a chunk play." You know, but I wouldn't be surprised if this thing's a shootout because it just happens the opposite. When the offense breaks <laughs> right, out, the course. defense can't stop anybody. 
That said, I'm going to pick the Packers. I'm not going to pick them to cover. I'll say 24-20. Yeah, I, I'll stay in the same vein as that. I think maybe you're right. I think we see a little bit more scoring than what people think just because the Broncos have too many weapons. The Packers have played well on defense, but it seems like it's a lot of young players who are very aggressive. Maybe we see some play action from this Broncos offense. Open some things up. Get downfield. And in the same sense, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he might be getting a little bit up there, but Vic Fangio said it best. You know, he's one of the best of all time. He's with whatever receiving core he has, he seems to be productive. Uh, and so far, this marriage with Lafleur and the fact that he's only a few years older than the starting quarterback uh, has worked out pretty well, Ryan. So, uh, yeah, in, in my mind, it's probably a 10 point victory. Uh, maybe the Packers do cover uh, getting somewhere in the 30s. Um, and the Packers offense probably feels their due as well. Uh, they have not scored a lot of points. I mean, they scored 21 quick ones uh, against Minnesota and then hung on for dear life. You know, if you want to use a play action, you got to try and get a lead. This team, is, the Broncos have been chasing the game both weeks, 14 nothing against Oakland, 13-3 against Chicago, and that forces them to just throw it. So, um, you know, this, this Bronco team on offensive defense, I guess the best way to put it so far in two games, they have not been able to play on schedule. And I think that's the key for them. If they can stop the run, get their pass rush going, then on offense, stay in the game, and so they can use their whole game plan, maybe they could pull the upset. Well, Mark Kisla wrote the Tank for Tua column after week two. Week two, Ryan. Did he? he did. I thought it was week one. Oh, that was week no, one. Week two. Okay. Or, I, I don't know. Remember. It was week one or week two. I can't remember. But either way, those calls are already here. The panic button gets hit if they lose this game. Uh, we start thinking about the draft at that point almost. Uh, Maybe uh, not. Personal rule is no draft until Thanksgiving. <laughs> good, uh, good wisdom to live by. Hopefully the, the listeners will agree with that as well. On that note, uh, we'll sign off for the first in Orange Pod. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to follow all of our content at denverpost.com, and you can also get a subscription to the paper. Get that thing delivered to your front door, and we'll see you next time. All right.